get spooky. I'm Leanna Vamp. I'm AJ. And I'm Ashley. And today we are at the Hollywood sign. Glamour. Below the Hollywood sign. In um, well, we're like adjacent. Yeah, we're, we're not we're, even below. We're oh. like, we're kitty corner on a mountain yeah. beside. We're, we're outside. We're bosom buddies. <laughs> we're bosom buddies with the Hollywood sign. And there's, we're in the elements. So uh, kind of like when we were in Salem, Ash, we yeah. had bugs crawling on us. So we it's going to be a little bit of an yeah. adventure. Yeah. So if you see We've one got of us doing sunlight. wild yeah. movements, it's probably because we're being attacked by bugs. Spiders or ticks. We have many yeah. friends. Uh, Sir, and we, oh, saw, we, saw we saw deer. We saw baby deers. deers. It's a good omen. Yeah, we oh, saw a deer butt. So good. We were greeted by a mama deer and some babies. It's so. been told in ancient times that a deer butt is good luck. Or maybe it's a baboon, but I don't know. Big, Close enough. Big butts on the way to filming is a good scenario. It has a cute little tail. Yeah. 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 It's worth it. So I believe we will start off with the history of the Hollywood sign because it goes way back. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us that live in this area, we see it, and it's just kind of a thing in the background. But there's a lot of stuff that went down surrounding the Hollywood sign. Yeah. So, um, and it's actually almost 100 years because it, it was built in oh, 1923. Yeah. So it's coming up on its 100-year oh, wow. anniversary, but it's been through quite a bit. Yeah, yeah it's seen some shit. Yeah. yeah. And, um, not many people know, but there's... The, the, I love the photos where it's in its original form when it said Hollywood Land. Hollywood yeah. Land. Because yeah. the sign was actually built as an advertisement for a real estate development Mm -hmm. which when you think of the hollywood sign you don't think that it would be something like that because it's very iconic for representing hollywood and like the dream of coming to la and becoming an actor and all that kind of stuff it's like that the glitz and glamour of hollywood um so when i saw those old photos where it said hollywood land i was like wow i mean I knew that, but I never really, like, researched it and seen the photos, Mm -hmm. and it was so cool. Um, But over time, obviously, the sign deteriorated. There weren't, there wasn't a committee at the time that was actually keeping it up because it was owned by the real estate Mm -hmm. company. Yeah, Yeah, it got Um, nasty. Yeah, the fact that it was supposed to be an advertisement, usually when people, like, you know, put up billboards and stuff, it's meant to be up for a short amount of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it became iconic, so people wanted to keep it. Yeah. But... If you don't put money behind it, it slowly starts to fall apart. And there's those sad photos online where it, the Hollywood sign is. Half. It's like after a rough day at <laughs> yeah. work, and you're yeah. like, "That's you're just me." Like, mm, One eyelash is hanging yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Very sad. So I believe someone crashed, or someone drove off the road. Right? There was a story of a man yeah, that drove off the yeah. road and took out the H. Yep. Um, I think one of the O's was missing at a time. Um, yeah. How drunk do you have to be to really? pound into that bad boy that's yeah. the question well and think about look at the the ridge so if yeah. he was at the tippy top of that ridge that's still quite a bit of ways to go down yeah he, he lived kinda, he was what? fine um but the sign was not <laughs> um so when they actually had the committee come together to uh not rehabilitate but reconstruct yeah. the sign um they basically decided that the the condition was that they were going to drop the land yeah and they were just going to keep it hollywood mm-hmm. um and there was a ton of people that basically rallied behind it and put money into it because it was super expensive. Yeah. Um, at the time, I don't know. Did I write down the amount of money that it cost? Um, I don't have the one for um, the so, 1949 renovation, but so they put money into it for the 1949 renovation where they just basically made it the Hollywood sign. Then they didn't really like use the best up. materials yeah. and all that stuff. So it kind of fell apart. But then um, in 1978, Hugh Hefner, uh, of course, of Playboy Mansion fame, um, <laughs> um, kind like you know he understood that the Hollywood sign the would be this iconic symbol that um, he knew that it needed to be in its best form. So he um, 
rallied and got um, nine donors together, and they each donated $27,777.77. Roughly. Roughly. Of that, yeah. of that number? That's a, oh, yeah. maybe it was just whatever it was divided up. Yeah, it was like, this is going to cost X it. amount of dollars, divide it by nine. Yeah, and, and so yeah, nine donors, um, Terrence Donnelly, uh, Giovanni Mazza, who is an Italian movie producer, uh, Les Kelly, uh, founder of the Kelly Blue Book, which I thought was very oh, interesting. interesting. Uh, I use that website <laughs> sometimes too. Gene Autry, who's an actor, Hugh Hefner, of course, um, Andy Williams, a singer. One that I really loved was Alice Cooper because really? this is one of the mo- yeah this is one of the moments where huh. you realize oh my gosh like Alice Cooper's awesome yeah like him in Wayne's World and stuff you just realize like he is amazing <laughs> he gives a shit. Yeah. um but he actually donated his uh, his letter in the memory of Groucho Marx which is also super oh, cool that's really cool um Warner Brothers and then Dennis Litke who was a businessman who donated in the name of uh Matthew Williams which is really cool to see all of those people because everyone when you come people come from all over the world I mean there's a park below and you mm-hmm. see people taking photos oh, and yeah. it's a destination we for people to hike we were walking through there's people everywhere yeah um, and nobody will look up at that sign and think there's any sort of significance other than it's a sign it's to show there. that you're in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but there's so much history behind it. So that's really cool to hear all those people. Um, as far as what we're here to talk about is the spooky stuff around the Hollywood sign. And there really is only one specific mm-hmm. story of someone that committed suicide off of the letter H of the Hollywood sign. And her name was Peg, Peg and Ent- Whistle. And Whis- Entwistle? Entwistle. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, I'm like, I feel them all over me. I'm Sorry, resisting I the urge you. to smack them. <laughs> as we talk um, about death, I'm like, die. So, Peg Entwistle, just like many other people, came to Hollywood with the dream of making it big in the movies. Mm -hmm. And uh, when that quite didn't quite work out for her, she ended her life. Mm -hmm. Um, And we think about all of the people. And I think before we get into her story, we think about all of the people at the time. People came to Hollywood. Most articles said hundreds of people per year. Now it's probably hundreds of people per week. Now it's, yeah, it's probably even more. And at the time, the chances of making it big in Hollywood were like... Actually, you had a decent chance. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were good at what you did, um, you had a chance. Now it's a little bit more difficult because there's so many people here coming into California, into mm-hmm. Hollywood. Um, and it's just the market's just way more saturated. Absolutely. Yeah. But how many stories of people that came here with such high hopes and things, and maybe it wasn't people committing suicide, but mm-hmm. things going horribly wrong after their dream failed? Because it's their life and it's an emotional, like actors and everyone who's creative, they like dive deep into these characters and they're like, if I'm going to make it, I'm going to do it. If not, I'm just going to end it and mm-hmm. like I feel like this is the place where like your emotions are on high and I think like people will do things that are a little bit more extreme because maybe they're method actors and maybe they reach those levels and they don't see what is real life and what isn't yeah, yeah. it's also like the story that a lot of people have where they come from these small towns and they have this glittering like view of image. Hollywood yeah. of image like going to Hollywood um becoming this actor, seeing themselves on the big screen, and they just put everything they have into getting here in the first place, and then if it doesn't work out sometimes, it it's extra heartbreaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, to the point of devastation. Mm-hmm. Um, in her case, she, uh, I'm pretty sure she was successful on Broadway, mm-hmm. uh, and then she moved here, and she had a couple things that 
she was in and the one major thing I think it was the major thing that she was really excited about I'm pretty sure her scene got cut yeah and from that that was the major devastation is like I uprooted my life I moved here I had high hopes and then things were going really great and then everything I put all of my energy into didn't end up happening Mm -hmm, and I mean if you think about everyday life that happens to people But All I had heard that after she jumped, like, the next day she had gotten the part that she wanted. Yes. So which is ironic. She, when I was first reading the story, I thought, because she was intoxicated when she jumped, so I'm thinking to myself, you know, whenever when you drink, you do things or think things that you wouldn't normally think when you're on a, a level state of mind. So I'm thinking, well, did she really mean to commit suicide was she just up there and thinking like feeling down about herself and you really have to climb though like you, you do you really have to commit like if you're drunk like if i'm drunk i'm a sleepy drunk and i'm like i'm gonna lay down you have to be a different kind of drunk to want to climb a ladder well yeah. they so at the time there was a workman's ladder um on the letter h so she had a ladder to help her climb but to be but fair still, to climb up this area where we're filming i had like the bag with some gear in it and yeah. i was dying we're so. literally on an incline a very slight incline and our butts already hurt so yeah. like to be intoxicated climbing there's no up way. A, a massive incline it would not be ideal mm-hmm. my fall would have been accidental because there's no way like my clumsy ass would have been able to climb <laughs> yeah. up that letter um but initially i'm like well was she just drunk and then she was thinking about it and then she slipped and fell but then the person that found her was on the trail and they found a purse a shoe mm-hmm. uh, miscellaneous items lower down yeah. and uh, then <laughs> discovered her body and in her purse was it her purse yeah her there purse was a suicide, had a suicide note. note and it read i am afraid i am a coward i am sorry for everything if i had done this a long time ago it would have saved a lot of pain p <sighs> dot e dot just yeah and oh, so God. it's it's like so devastating because you think in hollywood in any sort of industry movie industry singing whatever mm-hmm. um there's always failures and successes Mm -hmm. so most of us fail way more times than we succeed yep and we learn that by trial and error but to be at that point where and you also I think at that time you were hearing people you know Sally Sue moved to Hollywood and made it big in the movies Mm -hmm. and there was more success stories you weren't hearing people's failures yeah so you're seeing this and you're thinking well I'm you know I'm as good as Sally Sue I could make it and then when they don't it's so devastating yeah um but researching it a little bit further She lived with her uncle at the time, Mm -hmm. and her uncle reported that she had been, she was going to meet some friends or go hang out with some friends, and she was gone for two days. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he thought initially, oh, she's missing. Yeah, they didn't have cell phones either. Exactly. If you didn't call or you weren't on Instagram, no one thought of it because that didn't exist. Yeah, and now if you don't post for a couple days, people are like, are you dead? Yeah, Yeah. there's something Um, wrong. Yeah, so she... To me, I would think, oh, well, if it was my daughter and she didn't come home, I would be worried. But you're right. There was no, if you didn't yeah, know where they were going. It was kind of fine. You may mm-hmm. be at like a, you might be taking a day off, which is right. crazy. So um, when her body was found and she ended up, you know, they were proved, it was proved that she committed suicide because of the suicide note. Um, I mean, how devastating, yeah. you know, and it's like so unfortunate. And like you pointed out. After that, after her suicide, it's she like had gotten a big role. It's like the most cliche, not cliche, but it's like the most, it's almost like a movie within itself. It's like, girl yeah. goes to Hollywood, doesn't get the part, jumps off the sign and gets the part the next day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like a tragic, like romanticized version of what the sign actually portrays. It's like yeah. people come here and they're like, they're pouring their heart out and their soul to like be these For that great one beings. chance. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, oh, I guess I'll just like, you know. Never jump mind. off the most iconic aspect of the town because yeah. they don't want me and it's like almost like this contradiction juxtaposition thing where you're like here i am on the most epicenter portion of this place that i'm stuck in and yeah 
and I failed. Yeah, it's a crucifixion, essentially. And this is the only solution that I see. And I think that's what's so sad is like for you to be in that position. um, And we kind of talked about this with the Hollywood Bridge, uh, Hollywood Bridge, the Colorado Colorado Bridge um, episode is just to be in that mental state where you feel like you have zero options. And the truth is you always have an option. Mm -hmm. Um, So don't think that that is your final resort. Um, But with that being said, with a suicide have being have committed here, there's ghosts yeah. yeah and there's lots of stories of people reporting seeing peg's ghost mm-hmm. um weird with, feelings weird sounds yeah and even to the point where again i know we've kind of talked about this before and it's very easy to say you saw something when you have reference mm-hmm. so to say you know you know that there's the ghost of sally sue and yeah. this is what she mm-hmm. looks like this is what she wore and to see that it's easy to justify that and maybe manifest that but when people have stories reporting seeing this figure that have had no idea about the story, mm-hmm. it's intense. Yeah. So there was a group of kids, I think it was four kids, and uh, they were on one of those like paranormal caught on camera shows. I'm not sure which one it was. And they had gone to a Dodgers game, and afterwards they wanted to go touch the Hollywood sign. So Good when luck. Peg <laughs> climbed the letter H, you could just go walk right up to the sign. There was ladders. There was stuff right up to it. You could literally go and touch it. Um, and then as time went on and as they've refurbished the sign and mm-hmm. realized how many people, you know, when people have access to things, they make a mess. They leave trash. They don't respect it. Yeah. So, a lot of times people were defacing um, yeah, the Hollywood was... sign. So like at one point it read Hollyweed and um, <laughs> all sorts of all creative sorts things. of. Yeah. People got really creative. But yeah, defacing the Hollywood sign. So obviously they want to protect this asset yeah so now um i don't know how close you can actually get to it. it's not very close at all there's fencing um there's trails that get within a decent distance where you can get good photos but you actually can't go touch the sign so these kids decided that after the dodgers game they were going to come here and you can actually walk these trails i think they stay open till 10 30 um i don't know how well they're policed or enforced mm-hmm. but it, there's so many ways to get in and out i don't think they had trouble breaking in Mm -hmm. so essentially they go up to the sign they jump the fence they go up and actually touch the sign i believe it was the letter h but they touch one of the letters of the sign and while that happened one of the kids ends up kind of stumbling down and he rolls down part of the hill he doesn't go all the way down he's not hurt um he just kind of loses his footing and falls down and um when he was walking back up to meet his friends he saw a woman in period clothing walking but her footsteps weren't making any sounds, almost like if she was, mm-hmm. it looked like she was walking, but there was no noise. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that he freaked out. There wasn't a whole lot of information. I think at that point he probably thought it was just a person and didn't really have any recollection of the story. So he wasn't afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until after their experience that he read the story and found out about the woman that jumped. Mm-hmm. So for me, things like that, obviously it could be made up. But the chances of him making up seeing a woman in a certain type of clothing from the 1930s, it's super random. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty random. Yeah. Knowing, yeah, without unless it was like the angel of reverse death, but we don't know what that looks like. Yeah, and I just not having contacts is a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know who this person is. I don't know if they're lying or not, but it's a great story. And to be that person that sees that is pretty intense. Like to see something that you don't even realize at the moment was an actual ghost yeah. that's pretty scary and or just like even connected to someone who lived yeah that's what always freaks me out too is like no this this spirit or entity whatever 
could have been someone. Like, she was an actual yeah, human. An actual she was human a person being. recorded in history. Mm-hmm. We know her name. We know where she lived. We know her lifestyle. And she's dead ass stuck on a hill yep. wandering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like every day. Yeah. And so there's been multiple reportings of seeing her her ghost. And one thing that I found super interesting because I can relate to this is the scent. Mm-hmm. Did you read anything about the yeah, scent? Yeah, I, I got a butt cramp. Going. <laughs> There's going to be some resituating throughout the episode. Just going to sit so like this. Just sit like that. Yeah, gardenias. Gardenias, which is if you know the smell of gardenias, is a very specific very distinct. scent. If you look around us, it's a lot of brush and trees it's and like bushes. Dead shit, to be honest. No, not a whole lot of flowering things. Mm-hmm. There, there looks like there could be like some sort of jasmine, but that is a very distinct scent as well. So people report when they see her ghost or her spirit that they smell an overwhelmingly powerful smell of gardenias well, at least it's not garlic or other excrements of the buttocks <laughs> so, so they're not that's, farting that's nice of her well i don't know if i was that ghost i'd be like you know what i'm dead so you're gonna Do suffer you gotta, you're gonna but would your i'm gonna your, crop dust him would your farts really smell if you're dead because you didn't eat i don't anything. know well i don't know this that's is something we very, should ask her this is a very tangent but it's true i don't I vote. I don't think you're. I'm trying to smell. bring the lighterness, and I had some nice the lighterness. The lighterness. Bringing the lighterness in, guys, and I had some fun facts, but y'all just like took them all, so whatever. Um, so whatever <laughs> I have left, um, tell us your leftover fun facts. Yeah, and then my we'll two out of ten left here. Okay. Um, you did a lot of to research. Bring, should, to bring it circle back to non-death related things. Um, what I was gonna say is, um, the guy who did the whole Hollyweed thing, mm-hmm. it was in 1976, and it was this Danny Finegood guy, and he hung curtains over it, and it was kind of like this whole, um, introduction to the relaxed marijuana law, which was in 1976. <laughs> well, hold on, I'm falling, so I'm kind of, I'm literally falling down Wait, a hill. He, I don't understand, he put curtains on what? He put curtains on the O's to oh, make it look like Hollywood. God, I was like, but that was like the in the 70s, like marijuana wasn't like super, right? Like it was like people hush, were getting hush. high, yeah. but you so couldn't. This guy talk Danny about was like, you know what, like fuck you guys, and yeah. he was like the trailblazer in Hollywood to be like, you know what, we don't give a fuck, which is pretty impressive to be able to get up there. There, nobody yeah but again i don't think there was really yeah. people that were patrolling it to no. see you know but to, to lead into that fun fact it is how ha- it has the same security as fort knox oh apparently really? yep that must be it today. says in order to keep people away from the sign and keep it from being vandalized a specially designed security system was developed the department of homeland security got involved that's how serious intense. la is about protecting its iconic sign the security involves razor wire infrared technology and 24-hour monitoring motion oh sensors alarms and helicopter patrols wow so the people that jumped to the fence i had to been a long that time was, ago that was before. probably before did someone just fall down the hill probably <laughs> it was probably a that's pretty intense snack. i didn't i mean i guess when you put it's easier to, to, to spend the money on that than mm-hmm. spend it on fixing it constantly. Yeah, so that makes but that's sense. But it seems of, a little that's intense. That's some Kardashian shit. Like, yeah, for a sign? Yeah. I mean, but it's iconic. It so looks whatever. real nice, yeah. though. It's also, nice unlike me, the sign has its own trust fund. So, uh, the Hollywood Sign Trust was created in 1992. When I was born... Uh, for giving the away purpose all your secrets. of maintaining and promoting it. So basically like the upkeep. So everyone uh, can yeah, like yeah. donate and shit. And um, the most recent renovation included a shiny new paint job and webcams that allow internet visitors to see it 24-7. So what? if you're bored at night and you're just like, I don't know what to do. I'm sick of looking at Baby Yoda memes. You could literally just watch the sign. Because that's enthralling. It's so enthralling. And riveting. You can see critters 
a mux. Maybe on those the O's. deer. Yeah, maybe yeah. the deer visit the sign every night. Yeah, and also I don't know if we've like seen this. In, like, have we all seen this in movies? Obviously. Yes. Oh, absolutely. yeah. So it's been destroyed in a number of movies. Sharknado. Our gangster oh, squad. Fake, Ardo. And I said, Park. I don't. Sorry. Sharknado. You continue. Friends and benefits. Down three dark streets. Um. There's a lot of random ones. You have ones. more. You have um, Superman 1978, The Rocketeer. Oh yeah, Rocketeer. Um, Mighty Simpson, Joe, Mighty yeah. Joe Young. Did we not oh. forget about that motherfucker? Oh man, okay. Uh, Simpsons has obviously <laughs> the Springfield sign, which is based on the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I found interesting, apparently, some I haven't watched this, but apparently Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Oh yeah, I saw that um, online too. They have the Hollywood sign, but the H is the um, is the gate to Hades. Ah, that's clever. It, it's such an iconic thing, and I think that after this sign, a lot of you you saw a lot of other towns mm-hmm. and cities putting up signs similar to it. Yeah. Um, oh, one of my favorite ones. Apparently, when Dolly first Dolly Parton first saw the sign, she AJ loves Dolly Parton. <laughs> I love Dolly Parton. Side note, um, <laughs> she looked at the sign and she said, "How great would it be to change that H into a D Dollywood. and make it Dollywood?" Which then inspired one of the greatest uh, theme parks on the planet, Dollywood. <laughs> That is a fact. I we I haven't. Neither of us have been to Dollywood we need yet. To go. I have never to go. had the urge, and I don't oh, know where it is. So much fun. I, I follow Dollywood on Instagram. So if you want, if you want a little like bit of happiness insight? in your life, follow what is Dollywood, Dollywood Instagram happy happiness. They post pictures yet. of Dolly every now and then. They'll post like, oh, we're doing a new roller coaster, or when was the last time safe? you rode this? Like you know. Wait. Oh, I so, almost died a couple times. Their rides are is hardcore. Is it like a circus? I feel like Dollywood rides would be like circus rides where they could go on the freeway and move from city <laughs> yeah, to that's city. Why and that makes like, me very know. afraid. Feels no, like but they are hardcore. Michael Jackson There's shit. a few. Like, like intense? T- intense. Like there was one. It's a wooden roller coaster. I forgot what it's called. Worst. But like um, when we were going, like when it starts, the force was so strong that I could barely keep my head up. Like, it was intense, and it was that pitch black. Fun. We went at night, so, like, you couldn't, and it was the first time I've ever been on it. So, like, you're going, and you don't know which direction you're going to go, so you don't know how to brace yourself. But it was so much fun. Oh, my God. I mm. I want to go back so bad. Wooden they also have coasters. really good food because oh, it's really? in Tennessee. It's located oh, in Tennessee. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Corn like, dog nation, have... baby. I mean, I would go for the food. Roller coasters, wooden roller coasters to me are like brain jigglers. Like Ghost oh, Rider yeah. at Knott's, you get off and you literally feel like someone like had a jello mold of your brain and oh, shook I it up. I love Ghost and was Rider like, though. It's so oh, fun. I can't do it. So um, Ashley and I will go for the snacks. You yeah. can be our reporter in the field yes. on the roller coasters. You'll be the death but... monitor. We'll be the snack versus esophagus. I can yeah. just imagine we'll do Explosion an episode scenario. about it and it's like shots of you guys getting the good food Eating. which i will you're, you're i will partake in that too but then it'll cut to me on a roller coaster like barely able to keep my head up because i'm having so much fun yeah it's great that's, that's a fine well that's fine we're, that's we're good with that collab. we'll put that on the list of locations list yeah. of locations dolly <laughs> um so back to peg and her i guess i kind of want to talk about the, the the sightings that people have seen back her. to the bad sad <laughs> to okay. the sad things but the historical things because i think that it's super important to kind of talk about the history of Hollywood and the extreme measures people went to to be here first mm-hmm. of all and then the extreme measures people took when it didn't go their way um, and some of the park rangers there's a couple park rangers in particular um, I have their name somewhere in the notes but they have reported seeing the ghost or spirit of a woman meeting her description same thing in period clothing but the main thing that they reported was the scent Mm-hmm. And I was reading so many stories about saying people saying that they smell gardenias, they smell gardenias. And then I'm thinking, well, what's 
the relevance. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you smell flowers, but I don't understand. And then there was an article that I found that said that was her signature perfume, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. thing that she wore, um, which I have a personal experience of having a paranormal encounter with scents. We were in um, McRaven House, I believe it's in Alabama, and we are walking down the stairs, and it's me and a crew, so I'm not alone. There's mm-hmm. there's five or six people either in front of me or behind me. There's a group of us walking down the stairs, and as we get to the bottom of the stairs, it smelled like someone had baby powder in their hand, and they just blew it right in my face. Gross. It was, I like baby powder. It's fresh. It's clean. It smells great. It's clean. So initially, I'm thinking, everybody smelled that, right? I'm like, what is that smell? And I'm looking around to think, do they have like a, an air freshener like plug in? But this is an old house, like it's over 100 years old, maybe mm-hmm. 200 years old. So there's no way they don't have like Febreze yeah, plug in air fresheners. And I'm looking for incense. I'm looking for any sort of scented thing. Nobody smelt it. And I'm like, there is absolutely no way that out of all of these people, mm-hmm. this strong is so smelling this this smell is so strong and none of you smelt it but nobody did later on uh one of the other members of the crew had walked down those stairs and said do you smell that mm-hmm. baby powder and i'm like oh my god thank you i'm not crazy like someone else smells it but um once we talked to the people that were running the tours in the house they were saying that this it was under the stairs there was a little table with kids toys and that's where the kids used to play mm-hmm. and as we're explaining the story she's like oh yeah that's just the scent that you know they basically chose to show themselves to you like you were able to smell yeah. their scent and it was there was no mistaking it. There was mm-hmm. absolutely, there was nothing in that house that smelled like baby powder. And it's not like a, a common scent. It's a very like, distinct scent. It's not something that could be replicated. Cabbage Patch doll smells. Else. Yeah, it's but like, there was no Cabbage Patch doll. I know. <laughs> well, it's like, it's a it's a relatable thing. Because I'm like, that's my childhood. Where I was like, Cabbage Patch doll smelling like baby powder. Yeah. And then you're like, well, what the fuck? Like, but there was why no... I'm like 28? Why am I smelling this in an old, nasty house? And there's no baby powder. There's no baby babies in that house. So there was mm-hmm. absolutely no reason for that smell to happen. Um, there was a couple other smells that people smelled. Um, Cameron smelled the overwhelming scent of cigars. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to... It's a historical place. You're not yeah. allowed to smoke. There's no reason. Um, but one of the spirits of the... Um, men that lived there used to smoke his cigars in his opium pipe in his changing room and he smelt it right when he walked by and no one else could smell it's it crazy. it's like those types of things where it's not a physical piece of evidence it's not recorded it's not an audio there's nothing the only thing i can do is explain it to you mm-hmm. and yeah you're probably gonna think oh maybe you made it up maybe you manifested it um but i know that's on the list of things that happened to me where i'm like wow there's something more than i can explain yeah like that personal experience that you have kind of not only be like the, you've been chosen, but like they yeah. trusted you enough to Reveal kind of show themselves. their presence yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. So I feel like all of the people that have experienced that on this trail, um, one other thing that people reported is their animals would act strangely. And we kind of heard this in stories about the Colorado Street Bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, lots of people walk their dogs on these trails. Um, and the main trail that people use is the Griffith Trail. I think that's mm-hmm. the one that gets you the closest um, into proximity of the sign. And a lot of people's dogs would start like barking and growling at nothing or want to go the other way. And again, an animal can't tell you what they're feeling or seeing or hearing, um, but they can show you with their their temperament and how they act. So if they're acting out of the ordinary and for some reason being afraid when there's nothing to be afraid of, Mm -hmm. that's something to note. And um, even people that didn't see the spirit but had those kind of encounters aren't saying like, it's absolutely a fact that there's a ghost here, but they're just saying these things are strange. Yeah. You know, I saw something weird. I'm just yeah. freaked out. This is my story. <laughs> yeah. So, um, unfortunately 
at one time people were doing like ghost hunts and you can do paranormal investigations on the trails, but you can't really get super close to the sign. But people have reported seeing her on the trails and not necessarily um, right near the sign because she, she didn't probably jump. gets bored. Well, I can also, I can see that a little bit because, I mean, yeah, she jumped from the H, but she was found a little ways down the hill. Yeah. So there, that's kind of where the trails are today. So yeah, she, absolutely. I mean, yeah, she could, yeah. She, could she can there. peruse. Yeah. She's dead. She could do whatever she wants. Like, um, if I was no dead rules. and I jumped, I wouldn't want to be at the spot where I jumped. Well, I don't know I if would... she could reach, like, a certain point in the trails and the sandworm just comes out of nowhere. Maybe. Yeah, things it's get like, crazy at you night. You are dead. You reach this point. You After 10.30 p.m., things go nuts. Yeah. yeah. And For real. when I read that, that was like, uh, people say, well, you can't necessarily investigate next to the sign, but the trails are open till 10.30 p.m. So, and it was like dot, dot, dot. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so <laughs> you're telling me. You're kind of <laughs> taken into your hands. Like, well, you do want to risk getting like, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you probably get like a trespassing yeah, we don't, we don't have to, like, break the law. Yeah. I feel like, like with the amount of security, though, like, you know going into that area that, like, what you're dealing with, like, unless you're some dumb tourist, you should kind of know yeah. that. Well, now that you said it's, like, Fort Knox security, yeah, I don't I mean, want to get bad. arrested. I'm not I think if you sign. touch it, you get zapped. Like, they don't give a fuck. Is there an electric fence? You they didn't... said there was, no, there was in my description, it was, you like. You said infrared. You didn't say electricity. Well, fucking, it was, like. <laughs> Hold on. Everyone's like, don't go to it Hollywood says it's sign. A circuit- Let's said play back electrocuted. Razor <laughs> tapes again. Razor wire motion razor sensors. Wire. Razor wire. So that's if you. That's like try, try a barbed wire. Over. Yeah. Razor motion wire. sensors. I'm yeah. sure alarm the cameras that are, whatever. Whoever's sitting there watching it. I'm but not about to fuck with a razor wire. Oh no. No. Thank you. But that's not electricity. Although you can, you can throw your jacket Barely handle over. a bic razor. We can use can this blanket. Do. It's seen. I love use that. Seems legit. Yeah. A blanket. I was sacrificing Blanky. Um, so we may or may not go on the journey. I we just we don't have time to be arrested. We have you shit got to do. winded up on this I one did. minute hike, well, so we can't go I up there. I had the bag with all the shit in it, and it was like twenty pounds, and I was lopsided, and I'm not. I'm wearing a dress, and Doc Martens is not ideal hiking Platform gear. Platform Doc Martens. Platform Doc But I look very fashionable. Yes, and that's all that matters. Well, I mean, all in all, like I feel like the irony of the Hollywood sign is that it does like now it, it's seen as this like glamorous you know like this is where you come to make your dreams come true and yeah. it also like personifies like a lot of like fucked up things about the industry where it's like this double-edged sword where you're like okay like there's suicides and there's like even in like the industry like it it's an icon now for cinema and film even though it wasn't it was for residential use but like I don't know. There's all of these like nitty gritty aspects of like the Hollywood history that and the culture that all live underneath the Hollywood sign and the culture that is kind of interesting too and fascinating. And which I think we can kind of transition because as much of like the haunted history of the Hollywood sign, there's really only one noted story and it's Peg's story. Um, but surrounding the whole culture of Hollywood. Yeah. And if we go back to the 20s and all the way to today's date, there's a lot of shit that's gone down there's in the like city. There's a lot of weird shit and there's a lot of things that also get left. It, it was funny when I was researching a lot of like different um, stories, a lot of them just got kind of left. They were just like, yeah, like, you know, this weird shit happened and it didn't make sense. So like the LAPD just kind of left it. And yeah. there was a lot of really, really? fucked up and situations. I mean, that happens yeah. all the time. But yeah, but they, 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 you know, like when there's a murder and they're like, they'll left it kind of, they'll leave it unsolved, but that case will be open and, mm-hmm. and people can kind of do what they will. Yeah. 
people would just close the case and be like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, his body was, you know, like left in the sewer, but whatever. Like, it's fine. He might have been rich, but whatever. Like, it was just mm. a lot of weird shit that wasn't adding up. Yeah. yeah. And like, for me, like, there was this one interesting murder and it goes down as like the a very creepy scenario but this guy named gary devore and he was a hollywood screenwriter he knew a lot of like he knew like arnold schwarzenegger and stuff so this was kind of in the 80s i think and um well implanted he was well known in the culture he was like one of those guys he was writing a screenplay he was like he's living his best life doing the damn thing and um suddenly he goes missing and no one finds him for a year what? So people were just like, where is he? Did he's he have not, family? He had family. He had friends. He was in the industry. People were like, where the fuck is he? And obviously he doesn't have Instagram and stuff because it's like whatever, the 80s, 70s. It's the 80s. There was no, no one, social no media. No one's looking at a story being like, where's the party animal, yeah. motherfuckers? So his car and skeletal remains were found submerged <laughs> below a bridge over the California aqueduct in Palmdale, California. This isn't the creepy part. So they find his car and they find his remains. A year later. Yep. A year later. Wow. So, both so he of, must have not had family or anything that was like... I don't, no one said if people were looking for him. Uh-huh. They thought he was kind of like on location or whatever, doing his maybe job. Maybe he's writing. Yeah. And, maybe yeah. he's like in seclusion. Right. So the creepy part was when they found his body, both of his hands were missing. And when the police discovered what they thought were his hands, later investigation revealed that the hands that they found were actually over 200 years old. What? That's so wait, like, that's like a mafia were, style. Yeah, thing. yeah. So were his was, hands? His hands were gone. Yeah. So the hands that they found that they thought were his when they actually did the like they the figured, autopsy. Yeah, they were like these aren't even his hands. So someone else's decapitated hands were found. They thought, in the car. I think in the same vicinity. But like his hands. Throw off so the they trail? found hands. his skeleton. For they found years. his skeleton with no hands. And they're like, oh well, we'll look for some hands, I guess. Oh. So then they find the hands, and they're like, they do the autopsy, and they're like, well, these are some other bitch's hand from 200 years ago. Maybe like those hands. Maybe his hands had That's like insane. DNA evidence under the nails or something. I don't. What I are mean, the odds of finding decapitated hands from the 18? That's insane. 1800s? I feel like those hands were planted. Yeah, yeah. they're definitely planted. In some creepy asshole had so hands for 200 years. So that was the weird years. thing was where they're like we don't know why his hands are missing we don't know why like why it took a year for us to find this out but it was just like this very sketchy scenario where they're like guy goes missing no one notices finds his car finds his decapitated little hand situation chilling in the water finds hands hands aren't his hands are old as shit what the fuck That's and that was it? Like That they was didn't- it. They were just like, okay. They never found. They never found who did it. They, well, it's a, it's I a, feel like they never like found a, who did yeah, it. Meaning it was like someone an inside paid job. them a large amount of money. Yeah, and, and that's we're like, the thing with like, don't talk about it. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the stories that I was finding is they abruptly ended, and I think it was a lot to do with like money and like people mm-hmm. trying to keep things hush hush. Yeah, like and yeah. the now, higher ups, yeah. hi- like doing something and then covering it up in some way so one thing i think that's interesting is when most cases like that once they go cold it's doesn't really get opened back up unless someone pushes the envelope or is like hey i have new evidence or hey i think that this happened Mm -hmm. or a family member comes forward and be like hey what the fuck by the way uncle george is dead could we all figure this out it's been 20 years yeah absolutely or netflix decides to do a documentary yeah (laughs) that that usually speeds things up a little bit um i've been watching the confession killer and we're gonna have Mm -hmm. to do like a whole nother murder episode because we could go like for ages um but a lot of those cases uh in that series a lot of them were like, oh, no, he was, in fact, the murderer. 
and people were finding evidence to the contrary. They're like, absolutely not. There's no way he could have committed that murder because he was in a different spot. And it mm-hmm. took those families to raise an eyebrow and go into those police stations and say, no, this is not right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want justice for my family member. Yeah, and take then, the easy route just because this guy is saying some stuff. Yeah. So if he had no family, if he had no one that really cared, um, and honestly, even in most cases, if there's any sort of like criminal, if the police are in on it or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, chances are it's not going to get reopened because they don't want it. They don't want that information out. So Yeah, and it's hard out here because there's so much money flowing around. There's, like, big deals on the table, and there's, like, people that we don't even know about, like, making, you know, decisions. And so, like, who are we to know, like, if there's even murders going on, where what the stipulation is at that level where someone can just, like, kill someone, and they're like, just forget about it. Like, we'll pay Cover this it guy. Up. And it's like, we don't know. Like, it's yeah. kind of like the Illuminati for Hollywood. Like, we don't fucking know. Well, and also I think... I think at the time, say even back in the 80s or any time before that, even maybe in the 90s, um, technology wasn't as advanced as now. Like there's not, I mean, they couldn't find a hair and a whatever, skin under the nails and all the things Mm -hmm. that now are like kind of like the benchmarks that they look for when there's murders or any sort of fishy activity. Mm -hmm. Um, Science has come so far that now they can track stuff back hundreds of years, Mm -hmm. you know, and at the time they didn't have that technology and they weren't as careful with evidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when you watch, like, old shows and movies, like, they're touching stuff, and now you're like, if you watch CSI, you know you wear you gloves. You know you can't do you that. put that shit in a baggie. No one touches it. It goes to the evidence. Like, there's protocol now. But yeah. now you don't even, like, for me, I didn't even realize. I'm like, why would someone look for, like, skin particles? But I'm like, I, I can't even comprehend how nitpicky people get, and then they find the people. I'm like, how did you do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's crazy. Like, even how, like, the Golden State Killer was found by an ancestry, like, DNA match. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that stuff's insane. That mm-hmm. stuff kind of creeps me out because the way I see it, I'm like, 23andMe, mm-hmm. Ancestry.com, yeah. all of those things. I'm like, yeah, but I'm giving them my DNA, so what if there's, like, some guy in there that's, yeah, like, a and serial killer and this is going to... you have the same DNA and shit. And or they're, they're going to, like, they're implant my DNA into a murder yeah. investigation. Like, oh, that's I, a good horror movie. Right? Mm. Hey, it was our idea, so don't steal yeah, it. Yeah, no, this is... <laughs> We're this coming is, after you. Uh, Make January 26th, we uh, <laughs> patent-pended this motherfucker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think at the time, things were so different in the sense that the technology wasn't there. So it's like, oh, well, we don't have any evidence. There's no one that really cares about this person. There's no information, so whatever. Yeah. Just close it. Yeah. And, and it, maybe in maybe in the future, something, someone will care about it enough to open up that case, and we'll find out what happened to that guy and where his hands really are. And whose hands are 200 years old? Where are your hands, man? <laughs> That's crazy. It's weird. That is a really weird story. Yeah, because no one would commit suicide without their hands. It's a little hard. It's well, hard. I you mean, would have had to remove feet. your hands first, and that you probably would have died from like nubs blood are loss. Difficult to. I mean, even if driving with nubs is not ideal, you'd he have d- to. He definitely didn't to, drive with no hands. I don't think. Yeah. So this was a carefully crafted murder. Was there blood in the car? I didn't look well, it was that water, right? But I also know he was just having his script being um, produced and finalized. So I wonder if someone oh. tried to take the script and was just like, fuck you, this is my shit. And We're like developing what yeah. really happened. Yeah. Why was he murdered? Come on, so Maybe guys. he was just a bad man. I don't know. And someone killed him and cut off his hands. I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll never really know. We'll never know. We'll never know. So you have yeah. another... So, or you um, have a couple things, right? Well, um... Yes and no. I just kind of... Yeah, yes and no. I, like... Hollywood is obviously, we have quite a few uh, well-known murders and unsolved mysteries kind of just in this in this small like area. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Short, The Black Dahlia, 
like one of the most famous unsolved cases um I did want to bring up there's a mini series called I am the night it's so good it's so good so um so oh, if you fine. if you're uh, if you're into like if you're into it's the not Black super Dawn. long right it's like no it's it's four, four or five maybe episodes? four or yeah. five episodes yeah it's really really good it has uh the second or third I don't know I don't know if I placed them second or third on my Chris list but Chris, it has, uh, Chris Pine in it uh Chris Evans is obviously uh reigns supreme over all Chris's we're learning um, <laughs> so much about you right now but you I know Dolly and Chris who's <laughs> the girl that the actress that plays oh, I, forgot I forget her name but she's amazing yeah she's really good but you get a really good look at uh George Hodel who was um one of the suspects of the Black Dahlia case mm-hmm. and you can just kind of see how weird and messed up he was. Um, it was very culty. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of cult vibes. Kind of sex LA culty. thing, though. Yeah. There's a lot of cults. Ooh, we don't like talk sex about. culty in there, yeah. for sure. Yeah, very. Um, but we, yeah. you should watch it. It's it's yeah, very it well done. Watch. And I think what's really cool is when you see something that's well done, but it's also based on like historical and mm-hmm. factual information to the extent of what as much information is is, is yeah. available. There's a little bit that has to kind of enhance play. the story. Yeah. Chris Pine's character wasn't, I'm pretty sure he wasn't actually real, but he kind of moves the the storyline on along a little bit more. So yeah, um, just little things, but definitely other worth than the that, watch. you, you learn some new stuff and it, it's pretty cool. Um, and now it's all out. So you can yeah, binge the whole can, thing and watch it. You can watch it all in one go. Um, the Manson murders. That was like right here. Delicious. Yeah. Um, that's obviously we'll take a, we need to deep dive into that. Um, we'll have to do a we'll whole other episode, episode on, on that. that. So we, we don't want to go too far into it. Um, one of the ones that always, that I, I don't, I don't think about a lot, but I'm always just like, how? Uh, the Menendez <laughs> no. brothers, like they oh, killed their yeah. parents. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jose and Kitty. Um, just because they were spoiled brats. Um, they said oh, like, relatable. you know, in the trial, they said that they're, they were abused and stuff, which obviously I don't want to like discredit, but right. like, it just seemed like they kind of pulled it out of the back of their pocket, right? Because they like were let's, let's put reason murder. right um, behind why we would do this. Yeah. So yeah, obviously Hollywood, there's a lot of weird kind of murders and unsolved stuff, but um, the one that I kind of wanted to dive more a little deep into was uh, Rebecca Schaefer, because it's really interesting because her she was basically killed by a stalker. Um, she was relatable. Yeah, <laughs> she was uh, gaining fame because she was on My Sister Sam. Um, John Bardo was obsessed with her. He was sending her love letters. Um, he came to Hollywood and um, tried to get onto the lot where they shot the show, and obviously he was denied because it's very hard to get into those uh, into without credentials studios and without yeah, all that yeah. information. So he went back home. Um, then he decided, no, um, I need to meet her. Um, he was very mm-hmm. determined. Um, so he paid a private investigator to look into her, like find her address. I wonder what his reasoning, like, cause approaching a private investigator, most they're licensed most of the time. I mean, most of the time they're licensed. Yeah. So they, they would have to ask like, why would you like to know? They have to uphold the law to yeah. keep their license. So I wonder what his story was to the private investigator to mm-hmm. say why he needed this information. Yeah. yeah. You know, like that convinced creepy, him to, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can kind of say anything at yeah. this point. Yeah. You can like, say hey, anything. Like, or the guy could have been shady and like, whatever, pay yeah. me $200 yeah. and I'll do like, whatever Like who cares? Like yeah. give me 250 bucks. It's yeah. no big deal. Um, but like the thing that dri- that's even crazier, the private detective basically just went to the DMV 
filled out a form and got mm. her address. Mm. So obviously after this happened, they put a stop to that. You can no longer go just to the DMV. Fill out I was going to say, nobody get any ideas. Yeah, yeah, no. pretty shady. Uh, <laughs> super shady. It's that easy. Uh, um, but yeah, he showed up to her house, knocked on, uh, she lives in an apartment complex, so she buzzed the uh her to ring in her apartment like intercom yeah, yeah the intercom the uh the buzzer was broken so she couldn't buzz him in so she had to personally go down to the door to see who was at the mm. door um open so the door sad. and he was like i love like you know you're my favorite and she like she was nice like oh thank well, you thank you but it's very you're thinking yeah. they're gonna kill you mm-hmm. you're just but like, also, oh, he's a like crazy why fan. is he at my apartment yeah so she yeah. was a little put off she's like you know i i appreciate that you're a fan but this is this is inappropriate that you showed up at my house and kind right. of was like you yeah. need to leave nice about it he leaves goes around the corner has breakfast decides no i'm what gonna go back and do yeah <laughs> murder <laughs> we breakfast might be having more brunch yeah um anytime yeah decides Maybe he's an early bird we don't know <laughs> yeah um he decides no i'm gonna like pursue trying yeah, I'm to gonna go back over there goes back over there does the same thing she comes down sees that it's him and is a little more upset because obviously you just told this dude but she opens the door again she opens which is, the, which door is again. the first when i heard this story i'm like girl yeah you lock that door you call the police yeah mm-hmm. now you do not open the door that's the thing it's like nowadays like obviously if, if something like this would have happened you'd be like oh nope i am not going back down there but True. she went back down there opened the door and said you really need to leave this is inappropriate and he mm-hmm. <gasps> shot her right there and I mean she if, died I'm sure if it was a glass door or whatever he probably would have shot her th- you know what I mean yeah. it's I don't think yeah. I don't think Fate her probably he would have yeah, not I don't know most when likely not given up if he didn't get his way the second time uh, 1989 okay yeah, yeah. And, and what's super scary is the I guess at the time that was pretty easy to go to the DMV and get an address yeah. like that wasn't that not a lot of obstacles to go through but now I would say it's even easier to find information on your own without yeah. having to go through the proper channels you yeah. could go online and if you really want to find something bad enough you, you can, can find literally it. go on social media like it happened to me last year and I was just like this was like you wouldn't even think of how someone could get that information mm-hmm. and yeah then it, it like scared the shit out of me yeah. and and as it should and as it should for anyone i think that a lot of us um i'm guilty of it i, I try to be very careful of it now um but tagging your location yeah. saying where you're at and yeah. it's really unfortunate that so many things have happened where we have to have that level of fear i think yeah. there's there's a good level of I guess common sense like mm-hmm. finding that that balance of knowing hey maybe I shouldn't say or if you're alone like if you're with a big group of people and you say hey we're here whatever yeah. you should be fine um but that that comfort zone that we find ourselves in where we're like it's okay to share it's yeah. okay well, it's oversharing the thing is too is like sometimes you'll slip like for me like when it's like when you work where you live or like something like that and like you're constantly like showing the corners of the streets and stuff and you're like mm-hmm. going on a walk because my fucking brain hurts right now and then you're yeah. like oh my god Oops. like i just showed the street address yeah. yeah yeah like it's just dumb shit like that yeah where yeah. people can you just have to be very safe on what you're yeah. actually sharing and i'm online. i'm almost to the point where sometimes i i don't post anything because i'm too afraid which is yeah. is don't live in fear that's not what we're trying to yeah. say yeah. live your life um but just be smart about it but there's times where i think i'm like oh my god did did they see that do they know did they see the street address? i do that now and sign? i'm just like mm-hmm. i have to think like four times before i even post a story because i'm just like there's like a watch list for me i'm like if these four people see it and i know they live in this town are they going to fucking come and yeah and show up and at a certain point it's almost like you kind of you can't live in fear you have no. to live your life do what you want to do um because again if if people want it bad enough they're gonna find a way yeah. whether or not you're private about it or whether yep. or not you're very open about things um so 
yeah, I think it's it's super important to be safe via social media. Don't divulge too much information about yourself. Um, Always kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Um, Sorry to bring it down to like serious (laughs) real life. But I guess you could just live in the middle of nowhere and be fine. Like let's just all move to freaking Switzerland or something. You could live in the middle of nowhere and there could be a crazy serial killer in the backwoods and murder you and your family. That's true. There's really no. Let's all get bunkers. (laughs) Let's just live underground. Yeah. Buy some land in like fucking Chico or something. Make some bunkers. Bunkers sounds like fashionable bunkers. I totally feel like, I like that, that, that would there's be the next no thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like glam, glam glamping, bunkers, but it's vamp glam- bunks. Vamp bunks. There is actually a place. I'm pretty sure it's in uh, Las Vegas where this guy built this. It's it used to be like a bomb shelter, so it's completely. It's a house that's completely underground, and but he did it up really nice so like you like a have kitchen. a backyard. Wait, what? No, it's full. Like it's a full on house. There's grass. There's Probably like astroturf. he has a pool, yeah. He's like astroturf, oh, and he gotcha. has a pool. It's like a backyard. Like it has, a yard. Yeah, it's a yeah. backyard, but like you could probably like spend a lot of time down there and not even feel like you need to leave. Sometimes that'd be nice. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I like people, but yeah. a lot of times I like privacy. Mm-hmm. So bunker, bunker living, bunker living. <laughs> I really like to walk to Starbucks. So I don't know. I live in a bunker. Well, you can build a Starbucks in your bunker. Like that's yeah, my sanity go. walk. I'm like, look at all my these butters. crazy people I walk by to get my vente. You really latte. need to move. I know. <laughs> We've said it on the show, which that's means it a has new to episode. Now it has to happen. We have made it. This is going to be like uh, my strange addiction. I live in the ghetto. <laughs> she can't leave because she, she finds that she out. is drawn to complete shit. <laughs> Let's help We're gonna her change move. that. And oh. then you like go to her house, and she's like, "Wow, like it looks like the Armageddon." And I'm like, and "No, it's I'm not fine." It's and not a like bunker in the background. <laughs> that's a Ashley's whole other episode. Yeah. Well. Um. So, do you have any other? murdery Hollywood no. things. No? Okay. Yeah. Just my one turn? murder a day. My turn. Her. Um, so I went basically like down the path of old Hollywood tragedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mine are all in the twenties and the thirties and the main one that stood out. So there's a lot of, most of them, the first sentence started off with so-and-so moved to Hollywood for the Hollywood dream to be in film and make, you know, for the glitz and glamor and to make their way onto film. There's, that's the end. They said the surveillance. I gotta do oh, one. They have to do a roundabout. It's the pad, the helicopter surveillance. Um, so all of these stories basically start off with that same fact: is they moved here for the the American Hollywood dream. They wanted to be in film or whatever, dance or whatever their goal was, um, and they all ended tragically. So some of them were by accident, which I feel like is even. Huh, like you uprooted your life, you moved here. So one was uh, Gladys Buckwell, and she ends up dying. She moves. She's in a couple films, uh, seeing some success, and she dies in a car accident. And she doesn't die, so she goes basically off a, a bridge in Calabasas, and she doesn't die. She basically breaks everything in her body, and she has multiple blood transfusions, and she ends up dying from I don't, I can't say it's called period. Tonitis. I'm not really sure what it, what the actual thing is, but she was due to a puncture in her intestine. So not only does she have this tragic accident, then she has. They basically say, "Hey, you could survive with these blood transfusions," and then she dies from like an infection. Um, And it's she was young, and then we have um, the Dotty twins. They were two male twins, and they started in Hollywood. Their parents get divorced, and they uh, end up starting off in film. So they're like young kids, little twin boys, super cute in films. And as they get older, they live together for like 14 or 15 years and they die in a mudslide. 
So they were celebrating with their family and their friends on New Year's Eve, and it was called the Montrose, oh, it's a flood, the Montrose Flood, mm. um, which killed 31 people, 27 people went missing, they just never found, and uh, 35 people were severely injured. So it's like... I've you... driven through a potential mudslide scenario, and we were all like, we might die. That's just, it's, it's, it's not so fun. Scary. And like... it's so tragic. It's so fast. And I think it, um, it like, decimated, like, 3,000 homes. Oh, so it just mm-hmm. basically took everything down, and depending on where you were on its path, um, killed a but ton of people. It's a clear day today. Yeah, there's no... I mean, mountain. we're high on we're a on hill, a, yeah. so we should be fine. Um, and then the one that was, I guess, the most kind of intense was a woman by the name of Anne McKnight. So she moves to Hollywood with that same goal of making it big in Hollywood. She moves with her sister who had the same goal as well. And uh, they were in some stuff. They did some extra stuff and background acting. And then they end up both getting married. So at the time it was like, it made it seem like marriage was like, either you're going to do this or you're going to get married. And they got married Mm -hmm. and um, had husbands. And I think the sister starts a family, but and marries a man. Um, his last name. Oh my God! I wrote it all in my notes, and now I don't remember. <laughs> but I'll get to it later. So she marries this man, and right from the start of their marriage, there was physical abuse. Mm. So it started off poorly right from the beginning, and she basically muscled up the courage to finally leave him a year later. So she marries him in 1928, and by 1929, she's already uh, filing for divorce. And at the time, you think about that, and now. Divorce That's is pretty like, common, man. Divorce yeah. is a later, common thing. You're, done. you're mm-hmm. not getting along, whatever, we're going to get divorced. But at that time, that was a thing that didn't really happen. Yeah. So it probably so, must have been bad. Yeah. In my mind, I'm thinking either the situation was so severe, her life was in danger, um, her family was still involved in her life, and they had a lot of say and input on their situation. So uh, they get a divorce, but she still keeps in contact with him, which obviously is more of a toxic relationship than is revealed in the articles that I read. There's had to be a lot more going on for her to believe that it was still smart to keep in contact with a man that physically abused you Mm -hmm. um, and basically put your life in danger. Mm -hmm. So um, she's still in contact with him. And at a certain point, she basically establishes with him that, hey, there's a chance of reconciliation if you get an apartment and you get a car. So he had nothing after they separated. And she's basically saying, if you can show me that you can put your life together, maybe we can make this work out. So he contacts her and says, hey, I have a surprise for you. And her, being naive, I'm assuming, or thinking that he was actually being truthful, goes to his apartment. Death. Um, yes, eventual death. So as a story, as I read more about the story, I'm realizing how crazy this man is because he's not in his right mind the way that he gets this apartment and gets the vehicle is uh by making a fake name so the apartment's Mm -hmm. under a fake name meaning he had some sort of history had other things baggage that would have prevented it from happening so easily he gets the car with counterfeit checks um and all of this they found out obviously afterwards Mm -hmm. so she goes to the apartment and she meets the landlady he introduces her to the landlady who's like sprinkling the grass or whatever it is that she was doing and then she goes into the apartment The landlady was reported in the police report saying that a couple minutes later, she sees the door open very, like, vigorously and is standing in the doorway. And then the ex-husband, Buckhart, I think is his name, puts his arms around her and pulls her back into Mm. the room. And there was crying moans. So I, like, underlined it. And I literally wrote, call cops, question mark. Because I guess my initial thing would be like, 
she's in danger. She's yeah. crying, mm-hmm. moaning, like this is not a situation she wants to be in, but landlady doesn't do anything. So later they go for a drive in the car. They drive around. We don't know what happens yet. Then they come back and the husband, ex-husband, goes to the neighbor's house and asks them for a match. The neighbor and his wife are there. They're playing cards. And he says, he admits to being drunk, which I thought, I mean, he was clearly drunk. Mm -hmm. So he admits it. And he says, "Um, if you think I'm stiff, I'm quoting it loosely. If you think I'm stiff, my wife is stiffer. Like she's way more drunk than I am. But he asks for a match. They don't say why he asked for a match, what the relevance was. So he goes into his apartment. Then he comes back to the neighbor's house again and says, hey, I need to ask you something as a friend. He just moved into this apartment. It's not his friend. He doesn't know this person. Mm -hmm. So he says, my wife is passed out drunk and I need help moving her into the car. And I'm like, you are the most, you are the dumbest criminal ever. First of all, you've involved the landlady. You've involved the neighbor. Like she passed out dead. She's passed out dead, drunk. (laughs) So he walks through the apartment and apparently there's like an alleyway. So he walks through the apartment and there's a photo of the woman laying, like looking like she's broken in the alley behind. So basically you walk through the apartment, there's a door, a back, a rear door and you go out and there's an alleyway. So the guy goes out and I don't know if the ex-husband still was drunk or belligerent at the time, but the man is still in his right state of mind he checks for a pulse he sees blood on her shirt and he's like something's wrong you Mm -hmm. know so as the guy goes to get his car to basically put a dead body to have have the neighbor help him put a dead body in the car he calls the police so the police come and when the police show up they are like well i mean she's not drunk she's dead and he says don't even bother she's dead dead drunk like he lit up a cigarette. He was very calm. So he's a, he's what crazy. A fucker. Yeah. He's a psychotic. Um, the police knew that there was obviously foul play. Mm-hmm. And there was mention of a gun. He denies having a gun. But later in the autopsy, she was shot five times. Oh, wow. So Wouldn't she, they hear that? Well, what I think happened is she was shot when they went on the drive. So when mm. he threw her in the car and they went on the drive, that's when she was killed. Um, comes back. The body is... It's like that Vanessa Carlton song. Yeah, because I feel my like way downtown, <laughs> down to the back alley where I'm gonna get shot five times. So my thing was the same thing. I'm like, well, if she was shot in the in the apartment, someone mm-hmm. would have heard it. But yeah. who knows? Maybe he had loud music. Like yeah, there was, but then also at the same time, like maybe what kind there of loud were, music but, would he be playing in the 1920s? It was 1930. It'd be like a trumpet. So this was in 1930. So I don't know. Maybe they had drum percussions. Who knows? But regardless, but people already. We already have. We already saw that someone turned a blind eye. People don't want to meddle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, if you hear something, oh. We don't want to get into their business. We'll just pretend like we didn't hear anything. Which nowadays, everyone's in everyone's business. So chances of you getting away with that murder in this day and age, sir, are completely zero. Um, So the police show up. Clearly he's guilty. Uh, There's blood all over the place. There's actually like blood stains on the ground where he was dragging the body to throw it back in the car. Like, I don't know what this guy was thinking. And initially, when they first got divorced, he basically said no one else can have her. Um, no one else will be with her. I'll kill her first. So he was actually, he actually said those words out loud. So clearly he was delusional. Mm -hmm. If he couldn't be with his ex-wife, then no one could. And he was going to make sure of that. So So this case goes to trial and he pleads insanity and not guilty. Okay. There is witnesses. There's evidence. You shot her with the gun. They found the gun. 
Like, there's there's no way that he's going to get away with this. But So he gets found guilty, and then there is a series of appeals, which mm-hmm. I don't even understand at the time how that was possible. But there was a series of appeals for him basically saying, I don't remember. I was so drunk and hopped up on morphine that I don't remember actually killing her. None of that ends up holding any sort of weight in trial, and uh, yeah. he gets the death penalty. Nice. So when I'm thinking of the death penalty, I'm reading the article, I'm like, oh, he got injected or he got whatever. No, he was hung. Oh, nice. and, yeah. What year so was you this? think this Fuck was yeah. so another crazy fact is so this whole story wraps up That's from crazy. 1928 to 1932. So they get married in 1928, they divorce in 1929, 1930 she is killed, mm-hmm. and so it's 2 years of essentially he was found guilty, mm-hmm. but then another like a year and a half before he was actually like sentenced to death yeah. which you think of things now take decades Forever. yeah decades and it's like in some cases that actually works to the criminal's favor because there's been very oh, yeah. few cases where they're West actually Memphis not guilty three mm-hmm. yeah it's the big one where yeah. like thankfully sometimes those things take so long that they were actually able to prove their uncover new evidence yeah. Yeah. yeah so in some cases it's actually great but in most cases not if, if they have DNA evidence and they know that the person did it, like, why is this taking so long? Um, sounds really morbid. But um, at that time, that was a really fast time period for someone to get married, get divorced, kill someone, be convicted, and die. I mean, they're on a Google schedule, man. That's how my life works. <laughs> like, like, I don't have time to kill everyone. So I gotta, I gotta work and I don't have time for killing. This so. has to get done. Yeah. So he ends up um, being hung. And so when she was murdered, she was buried in what is now the Hollywood Forever Cemetery mm. with a wooden, um, t- not, not really a tombstone, oh. like a wooden like marker. A mark- marker. Yeah. Um, and when her ex-husband was sentenced to death, he was married in that same cemetery. And at the time, there was just like a, you know, like in a cemetery, there's like the roadway. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily a road, but it's just mm-hmm. like a path where vehicles could go through. He was buried like directly across from her. So could you imagine? That's so creepy. By, yeah. by the family, the family, that's what the family wanted. So um, he blamed blamed her family saying that from the beginning, basically, they didn't like him. And they didn't he, approve, yeah, so that made him... Sp- they turned her against him. So he had a lot of like, who knows what he told his family. Mm. So from them being directly across from each other now in the cemetery, there's a lot of people buried in between that spot. So they're not quite next to each other, Mm -hmm. but her grave is unmarked Mm -hmm. because it was a wooden marker and it was in 1930. Um, It's deteriorated. And I don't think that she has any living family. So I just find that so tragic and also sad that Mm -hmm. after all of that, going through all of that, and then people don't, we remember you because of the stories that we have and the reporters that have reported on, you know, your life and what happened to you. But it's like, now you're in the ground and no one even knows where you are. But on the articles, like if you want to visit her at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, you can look up. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you where it is in comparison to marked graves. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's Anne. And unfortunately, Man. her her Hollywood dream didn't quite work out yeah. how she thought it would. So... Yeah, but we should try anyways. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely, I think that I think that these stories are the extreme tragedies mm-hmm. of things that have happened, but they're not necessarily like don't don't use this as a reason to follow not your dreams, follow, your dreams. Fall. follow your dreams, but Off keep a good time. head on yourself. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't, like you know, some of the some of the greatest people in history failed completely before they became who they are. You yeah. know, um, so 
a little like and most you, people fail for a very long time fail yeah. for decades mm-hmm. they fail for years before they reach any sort of success i think that's one thing to remember is like just because you fail once just because you fail twice you can fail 20 times yep. that doesn't mean that you should give up on your dreams just keep um, at it yeah just keep trying because chances are the harder you try the more success you'll reach in the long run mm-hmm. so um we would have brought creepy treats, but all we have is one cookie left. One cookie left. That's <laughs> there's all we lots got. Of, there's bugs everywhere. Yeah. But we're not going to be we're eating any eat of those. Yeah. So with that, that will do it for this episode of Let's Get Spooky. You can watch all of our videos at letsgetspooky.com. And you can find us on iTunes. And you can listen on Spotify. So thanks for tuning in, fiends. And don't forget to stay, stay spooky. spooky. Bye. Woof, woof, woof. There's lots of dogs